We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, do you believe in miracles? The Bulls are the first number 10 seed in NBA history to win a game in the play-in tournament. Okay, so the play-in tournament's only been going on since 2021. There's not a lot of history behind this, but the Bulls did it. Down as many as 19 points. Uh, I believe in either the, either the second or third quarter. The Bulls come back behind a masterful performance from Zach Levine. Probably the best game of his career. 39 points on 12 of 22 shooting. 17 points in the third quarter. Really willed the Bulls back into it. And of course, DR DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan's young daughter, who could be heard throughout the game screaming at the top of her lungs every time the Raptors stepped to the foul line. The Raptors, who shot 78% at the foul line as a team on the season, finished this game 18 of 36, 50% from the line. The Bulls legitimately won this game because of great free throw defense by DeMar DeRozan's daughter. She was screaming at the start of the game. She was screaming when the Bulls were down 19. She was screaming when Pascal Siakam stepped to the line for three free throws to tie the game on the Raptors' final possession. A full 48-minute performance from DeMar DeRozan's daughter tonight. A masterclass in being annoying, as I tweeted (laughs) earlier. And what a fun game, Jace. Bulls win. The Bulls are going to play for the right to be the eighth seed in the playoffs against the Miami Heat on Friday. Uh, Yes, all of this is sort of meaningless, and I think even me and you, Jace, were sort of like, uh, we were sort of torn going into this. I'm like, do we even want the Bulls to win this game? But you know what? That was a really fucking fun game. That was probably the most fun Bulls game in, I mean, definitely since Lonzo uh, was on the team. And the fact that it actually happened in a big moment, like, 
this is the most fun Bulls game since maybe, you know, three alphas era Celtics series. Because there was some real stake behind this game. Uh, if the Bulls lost, the season was over. And they were down 19 and they came back and they won. We had big time players making big time plays. We had memes. We had great defense. This is everything a lovable Bulls victory is supposed to be. So, Jace, I'm jacked up right now. How are you? Jacked and juiced. Let's go. Um, I mean, let's let's get it out of the way right now. The Bulls had no business winning this game. Uh, the Raptors outplayed them pretty terribly for probably, what, 40 minutes of that game. They controlled the game from the start. Raptors were leading almost from the beginning. Uh, and they opened up that game in the second half in that third quarter. Raptors should have been up 25 in the third quarter, but they kept missing free throws. Like every time they'd go to the line, like the Bulls looked absolutely cooked at that start of that third quarter. Turnovers, they looked like they had no chance against the Raptors. Defense, uh, they were bricking threes. I think at one point they were like two of 17 from three, making no three pointers, turning the ball over. They looked like they were helpless against the Raptors defense, but the Raptors just kept missing free throws. Uh, and like that, they kept either missing two or they would go, whatever they had split. Thank you again. As you mentioned, DR DeRozan kept just screaming. And they, and these were like, this is, wasn't like Yaka Pertle, who's like not a great free throw shooter, missing all of this. This was Van Vliet splitting at the line. This was like OG, I think was like three of eight or four of nine. Siakam was missing free throws. It was like they're decent free throw shooters, just kept breaking free throws. And it kind of kept the Bulls hanging around. And then that's when Zach started actually like waking up. Zach had a really slow first half. Uh, I think he had nine points in the first half as the Bulls they trailed by eleven at the half. Just was kind of just kind of like floating around the game. And even at the start of the third quarter, he was not playing that well. I think there were some bad turnovers. He was starting to force it, and it just seemed like the Bulls were about to were about to go out really really sad. But the Raptors kept them in it with those missed free throws. Zach started then started putting his head down, getting to the line, and actually started finishing. He had, as you mentioned, what, 17 in the third quarter, so kind of kept the Bulls hanging around. And then the Raptors' offense, in addition to missing free throws, just started being dog shit in general. And the Bulls' defense, which we've seen recently, the Bulls' defense, they can force turnovers. They started turning it up. Patrick Beverly, who was absolutely useless, useless in the first half. He was awful. Couldn't make a three. Wasn't doing anything defensively. He actually started trying. Like I feel like the difference in Pat Bev's energy in the first half versus the second half was just so obvious. But like he started making plays defensively. Uh, we saw Patrick Williams making some plays, really pressuring the ball because the Raptors' offense sucks. Like, like whatever the Bulls fell, fell or went down big. But I was still kind of like I feel like they can kind of get back into this game, even if I don't think they're going to win. Like because the Raptors' offense is garbage. Like. Fred Van Vliet as like I love Fred Van Vliet as a guy, but like he's a five eleven like not like short point guard, and he just can't do that much off the dribble. And like the Bulls were fine like letting Booch switch on him, and Van Vliet couldn't do shit against him. And like all the like Siakam had a nice game, but like none of the other Raptors guys were doing that much. The Raptors offense just isn't very good, and the Bulls started forcing the turnovers as we've seen them do. The Raptors kept missing free throws. DeMar just kept cooking, or Zach just kept cooking, had 30 points in the second half. Ricky, we talked about coming into this game that we needed to see a signature Zach Levine game. And again, the first half, not really there. Second half, that is probably the best half of Zach Levine's NBA career. 30 points, bringing the Bulls back into this game um, and doing it down the stretch as well. He took a, he took a couple rough shots in like the last minute or two, that three-pointer he took, I think, when they were up three. 
Uh, that's like a hero ball shot. And he had that putback that he missed pretty badly. Uh, that Beverly, there was that kind of t- tangle up there that Beverly and Beverly got together. So a few rough shots there. But, I mean, for the most part, Zach was just absolutely fantastic in the second half. With the signature game that we've been asking for, 39 points, 30 in the second half. Uh, and that's kind of just a, that's exactly what we're looking for. So between Zach and between the defense kind of stepping up and the Raptors just tr- just choking, and uh, we have to bring back the Tor Trashto. If I'm, am I saying this right? The Tor Trashto Trashters, complete choke job from the Raptors. Because even again, even if Zach, like whatever, Zach getting some of those, whatever you could call them, like garbage time points, but they obviously ended up did not being garbage time points. But Zach kind of started going off in the third. It wouldn't have mattered if the Raptors didn't just totally melt down with some of those missed free throws. But the Raptors missing all the free throws just kind of choking out offensively in general as the Bulls started turning up the pressure. That combination of Zach going off, they started finally hitting a few threes. Uh, D.R. DeRozan's free throw defense and the Raptors just being a joke offensively and being trashers in general ends up in the Bulls' vic- in a shocking Bulls victory after going down 19 when they looked dead in the water. Just totally crazy, man. Bulls had 10 blocks tonight. They averaged four and a half per game on the season. Uh, they were so active defensively. I thought Caruso was just superhuman again from the start of the game, throughout the game. Uh, as soon as the Bulls took him off the court, the Raptors went on a huge run early in the first quarter. Caruso is like, you all, it's almost hard to fully appreciate his impact if you're just watching the game live and you don't go back and rewatch. He truly has his hand in almost every good play the Bulls make starts with Alex Caruso doing something amazing on the defensive end. I thought Patrick Williams looked really good defensively, too. He wasn't giving Siakam much room. Uh, when he drew that assignment, he was hassling them, you know, 80 feet up and down the court. Uh, and, you know, even Derek Jones, giving him, giving him some minutes as a small ball center. He played five minutes, and they were plus six in those, in those minutes. And Pat Bev, like you said, horrible in the first half and uh, was, was pretty effective in the second half, even though he ends the game with three points, one of five shooting in 26 minutes. Uh, Pepev was everywhere defensively at the end of this game. And my favorite tweet from after this game uh, is from Mike Roach, who tweeted Bobby Webster, who's the Raptors GM, walking into the locker room. Patrick Beverly runs right by him and said, I knew they were fucking trash. Uh, I hope that's a real tweet. I'm not sure if it is, but I hope it is. Uh, It looks like it probably is. So just such a fun game, Jace. Yeah, the defense really swung this game in the Bulls' favor. They were able to force the Raptors into turnovers because, like we said, the Raptors don't have any shot creators on the roster outside of Fred Van Vliet. A lot of their offense is through Siakam and Barnes trying to cook off the dribble. And, uh, you know, those guys just aren't natural shot creators. So the Bulls, which had a top, who had a top five defense this season, and we were debating all year, like, you know, is the Bulls defense really top five? Well, they just won a game where the other team made four more threes than them and took 14 more free throws than them. And their defense was really good today. Now, again, I agree with you that uh, if the Raptors just make their free throws, if the Raptors, Raptors don't, like, piss this game away, uh, Toronto should have won easily, but you know the Bulls made enough plays defensively, and I truly believe, Jason, that the Bulls won this game because of Demar Derozan's daughter. If she was not screaming like that, <laughs> if she didn't bring her A game, 
I really don't think the Bulls win. I think that that got into Toronto's head. You could hear her on the broadcast so clearly from the oh, very yeah. start of the game. And people were tweeting about it at the start of the game. They were like, who is this screaming woman who is interrupting every Raptors free throw? And they realized it was DeMar's daughter. She was doing it <laughs> even when the Raptors were shooting on the opposite end of the court, which was awesome. So incredible. All around, uh, we got Kevin Farrigan with us here too. Our buddy Kev runs the Dennis Podman podcast and is a frequent guest of the show. Kev, what a win, man! How are you feeling after the game? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I, my wife is making fun of me because, uh, pretty much the like from before the game started to like when they were down by 19 and she came in and was like, How's the game going? Uh, and uh, she she was out or whatever. She came back from from being out and she she saw that the game was on. She's like, "How's it going?" And I was like, "Oh, they're getting down 19, but like, finally this season will mercifully be over, and maybe they'll get their maybe they'll get lucky and keep their draft pick." Um, so I was like all ready to to pack up this season. I was uh, uh, tweeting big shit about uh, about Zach Levine at halftime, um, which I had to retract and call myself a bozo because he played incredible in the second half. But, um, yeah, I was fully ready to just, you know, throw in the towel on the season. Um, I'm still not sure that that, would have, that wasn't, like, the best option. But, you know what? It's fun. They could still lose to the Heat um, and keep their, their pick odds the same. Uh, and it's fun to end the Raptors season. It's fun for DeMar and, uh, and uh, DR to get revenge on the Raptors for sending DeMar away and, um, you know, getting to win the championship without him. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's all fun. Um, Nick Nurse is a basketball fascist, and I'm glad to see him go home. Um, the the trashers are <laughs> trash again, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to see them to see them go away. Um, but yeah, I was I had mixed emotions, but by the end, I was you know when it was close down the stretch. This is why my wife was making fun of me. I you know I was back in. I was I was fully rooting for them, lost in the moment, just like ready to like, and then like yelling at Zach when he took that. Uh, that dumb hero ball three towards the end of the game that um, that Jason mentioned earlier, I was like, "Come on," because <laughs> he had played so well, and then he, you know, he does. He's our himbo king, so he has to do that sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, uh, a lot of fun. Not what I expected out of that game. Um, also, just a quick uh, thing about the the free throw shooting. Um, Kevin Pelton had this. Based on the shooters that took the free throws, um, the expected, like, uh, based on their season-long free throw percentages, you would have expected them to make 28.6 uh, free throws. So round that up uh, to 29. That's about 11 points that uh, DR, uh, DeMar's daughter, saved the Bulls on defense. That level of impact is uh, basically t- twice as good as peak Rudy Gobert. So, um, yeah, I mean, MVP, DR DeRozan. Kevin, we had a question here. Why is Nick Nurse a basketball fascist? You need to explain yourself. Because uh, it's funny to call him that, mostly. <laughs> uh, also because he hates Joy and um, hates all of his players and they hate him back. Uh, and, yeah. That's why he's going to go to the Rockets. I'm sure they're going to love him in Houston with all those young guys. That's just going to be well, yeah, great, he just, right? He just um he just loves to play rock ball, you know? Like their whole their whole like theory of their team is like 
we're going to uh, just throw the ball at the backboard over and over again and play volleyball and dominate the possession battle by getting in passing lanes and getting every rebound um, and just getting every deflection and loose ball because they're longer than everybody. Um, I mean, some of that's on the on Masai, but uh, Nurse is like he, – he, he likes to play like six or seven guys only. Um, and he's just very rude to all of his players, and none of and none of them like him. So he's a fascist. <laughs> well, their bench is terrible, and we saw that today. The the Raptors bench being garbage. Like Gary Trent Jr., I think it was 0 of five from three was absolutely awful. Uh, and like their bench has been terrible all year. But yeah, I, like they, I know, well, like uh, this is this is what I'll say to that. You have to develop bench guys, right? Like you, true. Like Phil Jackson was great for this. Pop has always been very good at this. Like you have to give uh, give bench players a chance to play. And to you know, develop them their skills and to develop their their role on a team in the regular season. If you only ever trust six or seven guys, yeah, none of those bench players are going to be worth a shit when you need them. Yeah, I, I want to talk about. Well, yeah, I was going to say let's 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 start giving Zach some props. Yeah, incredible here. second half, Ricky. Go <laughs> ahead. You're you're about to cook about Zach. Let's do it. Yeah, incredible second half. And you know, we talked about this on the last podcast. Like, yeah. what? was what is the best game of Zach Levine's career? It's this one. Well, this is it. We know that, so coming into this game, it's like, well, we know that he had only appeared in the playoffs last season. Uh, he had a lingering knee issue last season that, you know, needed surgery once the year ended, and it slowed him for the first two months of this year. Zach Levine was not very good in October and November of this year. But around December, he started to pick it up, and after that, this was another pretty much standard Zach Levine season, 25 points a game, 37 and a half percent from three really good finishing at the rim. I did not think Zach was going to be able to play his way into health. And that's basically what happened throughout this year, because, you know, at this point, it's uh, I'm not going to say it's hard to remember when Zach was at 100%, but he's just been fully healthy. Like basically, you know, since around Christmas, it's like, okay, Zach's healthy now cool. I didn't expect that to happen when he wasn't sitting out many games. And in fact, I saw a stat from my pal Michael Pina today that said Zach Levine finished third in the NBA in total minutes behind only Michael Bridges uh, and someone else. So pretty incredible. Uh, I didn't double check that stat, but Pina tweeted that, it. So that, believe it. That stat's true. correct. I was looking at that literally today. Uh, Zach played an insane number of minutes and possessions. So that's wild. But yeah, like Zach had basically never played many games with real stakes because he was traded to the Bulls uh, during their rebuild. You know, in the first four years he was on the team, the Bulls posted the worst cumulative record in the NBA. And really, until last season, the Bulls had, hadn't played a meaningful game with Zach on the team. So uh, when we say what's the best game of Zach Levine's career, like you're just basically choosing between a bunch of meaningless regular season games against uh, pretty mediocre teams. And I, I think that is the one thing or the biggest thing holding Zach back uh, from being in the same tier as some of his peers, like Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker. You know, those guys had questions on if they were empty calorie scorers, too, uh, when they were mostly stuck on bad teams and putting up big numbers in the regular season. But all of those guys proved themselves in the playoffs. Uh, Mitchell and Murray did it in the bubble. Booker started it in the bubble and then helped the Suns get to the finals in 2021. And it just felt like, you know, for Zach to really get the respect 
from fans around the league, the one thing he needed to do was just have a great game in a big game. And we hadn't seen that from him. And fuck, man, he did it. And I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to pull it off because that first half was pretty uninspiring. But in the third quarter, he basically just took the ball and rammed it down the Raptors' throats, uh, usually in transition. Just the speed was on full display, so much agility, still a lot of power for such a thin guy, too, in attacking the basket. And my favorite play of this game was when Zach got, I think it was either an O-board or like a deflection. He picked it up. He sprinted full speed down the court and just pulled up for a three and drained it. Oh, yes. And when he hit that shot, yes. I was like, wow, the Bulls might actually come back and win this game. And Zach's really fucking doing this. Ends the game with 39 points on 12 of 22 shooting. Goes 13 of 15 from the foul line. This is something I had noticed uh, over the last month. Zach has not been shooting the ball very well from three. In the four games in April before the playoffs started, uh, he was taking seven attempts a game and only making 21%. So he had been cold from three for a while, even towards the end of March. And, you know, this is a guy who needs the three ball, typically with volume, as me and you always complain about, Jace, to really be the best version of himself. And for whatever reason, you know, he didn't really have the three ball cooking to start this game, ended the game only two of seven from three. But that's why Zach Levine is more than just a shooter. He's also a fucking sick athlete with a blazing first step who can get to the rim and finish at the rim. And that's why the Bulls won this game, in addition to DeMar DeRozan's daughter's screaming ability, uh, was Zach getting to the foul line, making all his free throws. <laughs> and, you know, I saw someone tweet, I think it was Doug Tonis who tweeted, going into the fourth quarter, he's like, typically this is the type of game where Zach makes two stupid plays at the end of the game and everyone blames the loss on him, despite the fact that the only reason they're in it is because Zach played great. So the fact that Zach didn't blow the game, yeah, he took an ill-advised three, but, uh, you know, he could have stepped out of bounds on that one free throw, or on that one inbound pass from Caruso. He ended up getting free throws out of it, made him bold. Uh, you know, there wasn't a big boneheaded Zach Levine much mistake in this game, and in general, Zach Levine was awesome, and he did that without making a bunch of threes, which is usually one of the strong suits of his game, so... Uh, to see Zach play his best on a big stage, it was just fucking satisfying. You know what I mean? Like, we were waiting for this. He's always had the talent to do it, but he's never had a good enough team around him or he hasn't been healthy enough or he's just sort of shriveled in big moments. And today, in, you know, an ESPN game, a game with real stakes, a winner-go-home game, he came through for the Bulls. He played like a max contract guy. And anyone who says that, you know, he doesn't deserve the max contract or that the Bulls uh, are handicapped by paying Zach such a big deal, it's like, listen, is Zach overpaid? Maybe a little bit, but, like, if Zach just does what he did this year every year, he's pretty much earning his money, to be totally honest. Like, he might be slightly overpaid, but he's not really encumbering you uh, from, first of all, like, we know that, Zach is not the type of guy who, if you have him and then, like, choose to rebuild, he's not going to be so good that he keeps you from, like, winning a bunch of games. We've seen that firsthand with this franchise throughout the start of his career. And in general, like, really good number two options, which is mostly what Zach is, uh, they get paid max contracts throughout the NBA. So it was just awesome to see Zach sort of shut up the haters, have a great game, uh, because 
he's a fantastic scorer, and he's always had the ability to do this, and it was awesome to see him come through. Honestly, and it was honestly really impressive because he was not playing well. Like he was a kind of floating through the first half, and like the start of the second half was again so bad for the Bulls. Some really bad turnovers. They looked absolutely fucking cooked. They looked toast. They they came out with no urgency in the second half, and like Zach was struggling. Uh, the whole team were just like they looked like they had nothing to them, and then like Zach was was just like, "All right, I'm going to put this team on my back. I'm going to drive to the basket, get to the line, finish." Uh, and he did it, and he's been finishing at such a high level lately, and he took whatever, how many free throws today, like 13 or 15 or some shit. He took a ton of free throws, was getting to the line, getting the Bulls free points at the line while they were down big, uh, helping the Bulls get kind of get back in it. And again, he was, whatever, 17 points. So, like, that's just, he was not playing well for much of this game, and it looked like the Raptors kind of had him figured out, and just the whole Bulls team figured out. And he just kind of, that was a put your back, or put a team on your back type of game and just really impressive. And like you said, Ricky, not doing it, just like hitting threes. We've seen Zach have games where he just gets like super hot from three. Like I think we mentioned that Hornets game where he hit 13 and he brought them back late, which is a whatever, a meaningless regular season game when the Bulls suck. Like that means nothing. But in this game, it's a Raptors defense that was swarming all over the place. They had the Bulls look like just totally dead to rights to just start attacking that defense, that athletic defense, and getting to the line and finishing was just really impressive. Uh, it was interesting. I feel like the, did they have Van Vliet on him most of the night? Because I feel like they did. I know there was they were. I feel like, I feel like they always started on him because they had OG on Demar, uh, and it seemed like they they were they had Van Vliet on him like way too much. And I thought they were going to switch OG on him, and that just like never happened, or maybe it did. I just totally missed it. But uh, Zach just took advantage of that, taking advantage of those matchups, and uh, especially against Van Vliet, who's again like five eleven, six foot. Zach was able to take advantage of that, getting to the basket uh, and finishing at a really high level. And that's what he's been doing for much of the second half of the season. And he put the team on his back tonight. And this really, I think, I think this is fair to absolutely say, I just tweeted this, that this was Zach's best game of his career. Yes, probably. Absolutely. I think so. I can't think of a better one. I mean, especially with stakes. Yeah. When yeah. you're including stakes, obviously not the highest scoring game of his career, but 39 points in a do or die game. When you're down 19, a 30-point second half, apps on the road as well, absolutely got to be the best game of his career. Yeah, like I, I was thinking, of, I tweeted this before the game, but I'm like, yeah, otherwise it's like that Hornets game, which was in November, or he, the highest scoring game of his career was like the last game of the regular season against the Hawks in 2021. So uh, we've been waiting for this, man. He's always had the talent to do it. Fuck yeah, great to see him come through. And honestly, they're going to need another one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, because Miami, who the Bulls are three and zero against, like it's still a pretty tough physical team. I thought the Heat looked like total garbage in their playing game. The Heat are garbage. I think the Bulls are going to win Friday. I'm very confident. The Heat are garbage. I love Jimmy. Jimmy's great. Uh, like Bam is obviously pretty good, but I think the C team is garbage. I think the Bulls are going to go beat them again. And I don't even believe in this Bulls team that much. I believe in the Heat being that garbage. Well, there you go. Yeah, I said it before tonight. I said if the Bulls pull out tonight's game against the Raptors, I am extremely confident that they go into Miami and beat them again. Because the, the, Miami's been garbage all year. I think their point differential was under was negative this season. They played in so many clutch games. And, like, Jimmy is good enough in the clutch where he's won them enough, like, clutch games. But, like, their defense is not as good as it used to be. Their offense sucks. I think they were worse offensively than the Bulls this season. The Bulls' offense was, whatever, like, 24th or 23rd in, in offensive rating. The Heat were below them. Their offense is fucking garbage. So, like, and I feel like the Heat just don't do anything that, like, really, like, gives the Bulls problems. We were worried about Toronto with, like, their length, their athleticism, their offensive rebounding. I don't think the Heat do anything that, like, says, like, I'm worried about them. So, like, I'm pretty confident the Bulls are going to beat the Heat on Friday night. I'll say that right now. Uh, Kev, how are you feeling about Bulls Heat at first blush? Um, I mean, the Bulls have, uh, aside from record, the Bulls have been a better team than the Heat pretty much all year, uh, to what Jason was saying. Like, the Bulls have been really shitty um, at, at winning close games. I mean, they had four games that the refs stole from them, uh, you know, we, we stopped talking about that because, it, you know, it's kind of a pathetic thing to keep harping on. But, like, they, they legit, like, had uh, four games that were taken from them on end of, like, not like, oh, like, the last two-minute report, like, things happen, there are missed calls. It was literally, like, the end of game calls cost them four games. So if you even that out, like, their records are probably close. Um and the Bulls had a much better net rating and just played better than the Heat, and they've beat the Heat every time they've played this year. All of that's scared of the Heat because of Jimmy and because of um, and because of Spo. But the Bulls are better than them. They should win. Uh, it's going to be tough because it's on the road. But yeah, I um, I'm not. I, I'm not that scared of the Heat. They looked like absolute trash against the Hawks. But I expected it would probably be a close game because the Bulls, that's just how they, that's how this team is. Uh, and um, a close game against Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra is not something that I uh, feel great about. The Hawks just beat the, beat the crap out of them, so it didn't get, have a chance to get close. But, um, but yeah, I, I I still think the Bulls should win, but I'm not sure that they will. Uh, I, I just I will never have confidence in this team after this. Uh, and the Hawks also pounded them on the offensive glass, and we know the Bulls are pretty much the worst offensive <laughs> rebounding team in the league. 
So that'll be interesting. And then there's the shooting problem, too. And when you can't make threes, it's very hard to win a game. The Bulls won this game despite not making any threes. Only seven threes made the whole game because the Raptors couldn't make a free throw. And this stat is from uh, JF underscore Fay. Uh, does some good stuff on the Bulls, the White Sox. Uh, longtime Twitter guy. Um, he said the Bulls make only seven threes against struggling from the outside. This was the seventh time this season the Bulls have won a game, making seven threes or fewer. The Cavs and the Wizards were the only team to win seven games like that during the regular season. So it's very hard to win a game when you only make seven threes. But the Bulls pulled it off tonight uh, because Zach was awesome at getting to the foul line because the Raptors, uh, you know, were pissing the ball all over the place and because they couldn't make a free throw. So uh, I'm not super confident in the Bulls beating the Heat only because it's hard to beat a team four times. And I do feel like, you know, even if the Bulls and the Heat are evenly matched and even if the Bulls are a good matchup for them, uh, like Kevin said, like the Heat probably have the best player in the series. and They definitely do. They have the best player in the series and they have one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, the rest of the Miami role players have been really brutal. And like Kyle Lowry had a turn back the clock game against the Hawks and they still lost. They still lost. So that just shows you like how bad a lot of these guys have been. Duncan Robinson, total non-factor. Max Struess, not really doing much after a little breakout last year. He's a free agent this season. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be hotly contested for sure. And you know, if the Bulls win, woo! eight seed playing the bucks it's gonna be rough but uh like kevin said i was fully invested in this game i was screaming my girlfriend kept asking what was wrong with me i'm like uh what's wrong with you this is the biggest game of the year i've watched like 70 bulls games this year and this is the only one that actually matters so it was sort of nice for the bulls to just reward us for watching so many shitty games this year they actually came through and uh and won the most important game of the season. I have no idea if they're going to win another one against Miami. Should be a coin flip. We'll see how it ha- how it works out. But uh, this was just a fun game, Chase. I'm feeling good right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we, we talked about in our preview pod for this game, like ap- apathy. Like if they lose, who cares? And like when when they were down 19 in the third quarter, we're like all right, they're going out sad. Like, this is, like, absolutely perfect for this team. Like, they've been such a frustrating watch all season. Like, they're going – they look awful, whatever, who cares. And they make this comeback. Like, good for them um, that they pulled this out. It was a fun finish. Again, the Bulls had no business winning this game. Like, the if the Raptors just take care – take care of easy business at the free throw line. The Bulls lose this game, but uh, they still deserve credit for fighting back. Zach deserves credit for taking over the game, putting the team on his back. They've – Again, ramped up to pressure defensively. Let's give credit to, again, we, we've kind of mentioned him, but like Alex Caruso, even from the start of this game, the Bulls could have been down even more early in the game with if Caruso was not being a fucking menace. He had just with steals, blocks early in the game. And like when he was off the court, the Bulls did not look good and he was awesome. Um, we can give a shout out to Kobe White in the first half. He was kind of keeping the Bulls at, at arm's length with some really nasty finishes, some drives. Uh, he also had a three-pointer. Like the Bulls had, I think, two th- made threes in the first half. One was Patrick Williams. One was Kobe White. Uh, Kobe had a really nice first half. Didn't do much in the second half, but a nice first half for him. Pat was really, was at least battling. He didn't, Pat, Patrick Williams did not have a great 
like overall game. You look at his box score and it's kind of just a normal pad game. I think it was like four of 12, but um, the effort was there. He had a few, he had a couple really nice dunks. He had that missed putback dunk. That would have been really nasty. Uh, He did hit a three pointer on his defense, kind of turning up the pressure. They were talking about us in the broadcast, just his full court pressure, at least picking up at like half court, at least was kind of a nice turning point for the Bulls defense. Patrick Beverly again was awful in the first half. I didn't want, I did not want to see him like again in the second half. And he actually started trying in the second half and he kind of helped turn the tide there in the second half as well with his defense. The Caruso Beverly defensive pressure on the perimeter again against a Raptors team. It, it took until the second half for it to happen, but this Raptors team, they, ha- they have Van Vliet who's like a fine point guard, but he's so short. They don't really have anybody else who can really like count on to handle the ball really well. The Bulls finally started pressuring the ball. They started pressuring Van Vliet, like, and you got like Siakam, Scotty, and like OG, like OG, like can't handle the ball. Uh, and I was just tweeting about now, like OG, I think is one of the most overrated players in the league. He's really nice, but like he had a brutal game tonight. He had a few threes early, but he like did absolutely jack shit in the second half. Uh, he made no impact defensively in the second half, or at least very little. Uh, and like we were talking about, like people are talking about the, like the Raptors asking for like three or four first round picks for OG and OB. Like that's fucking garbage. Like he's a nice player. I think we saw how that's like all these Raptors guys, how they, they did not sell at the deadline. Like we talked about the Bulls blowing it up this season. Uh, they didn't, obviously. And that could honestly be the wrong decision. They'll either, whatever, they'll, lo- they'll either lose or win to the Heat or they'll get their ass beat by the Bucks. But like, the Raptors went out. Everyone was talking about the Raptors selling this year. They did not. They bought. They did not trade OG for all the picks that teams were offering. They didn't trade Gary Trent Jr., who was a fucking joke tonight. Absolutely useless off the bench. And they end up losing to the 10 seed Bulls. And like, where are they going? So, like, uh, so for all that, the rap, for all the stuff with the Raptors, like, tra- that's why trashers, garbage, uh, Bulls deserve some credit for fighting back, even if it, this, this win was a bit lucky with the Raptors free throw shooting. Um, question from, from Scatty Moses here. Does Billy, Desi- Billy Donovan deserve any plaudits? Ricky, how do you feel about how Billy coached tonight? The, the rotations were definitely a bit different. And obviously, like in playoff basketball, usually you want to do change up your rotations, straight up your change up your strategies a bit. How do you feel about Billy's coaching tonight, Ricky? Yeah, I guess I did like that he went with Drummond early, and then he realized that for the next shift, Vooch needed to come out to go with Derek Jones yeah. at the five and just to try to cause more chaos. And Jones was, you know, plus six in those five minutes. Uh, he did. Derek Jones did not record a statistic uh, in the box score during those five minutes, so we can't give him too much credit. But I thought that you know going small there was a good move. Um, and in general, for Billy, I mean, what I would like to see Billy do is try to create some more catch and shoot threes for Zach because that's what Zach's really good at. And you just didn't see a lot of that today. There were a couple plays that I took a, or wanted to take video of where like. It was a play to get Zach a catch and shoot, and like the Raptors defense was just too good, or Zach didn't pull the trigger on it. Uh, but in terms of Billy's coaching, I mean, hey, they won the game, so I thought it was solid. Like going with Pat and Kobe off the bench, both of those guys playing 25 minutes, uh, nobody else on the bench playing more than six. So essentially a seven man rotation. I like that. I think, you know, Kobe was phenomenal in that first half. He went four for four, nine points. Uh, Kobe kept the Bulls in this game. Like, I don't know if uh, the deficit would have been too big for the Bulls to come back from without some of those buckets from Kobe. So that's good to see. You know, this is his fourth year now. Uh, He's gotten a little bit better. So 
we'll see if he's a part of the team next year, but they kind of need what Kobe provides, which is just shot creation, shooting, uh, the ability to actually get up threes, which no one else on this roster can do besides for Zach. So, you know, I thought that uh, if the Bulls game plan was essentially to try to cause chaos with the Raptors and force turnovers and uh, turn up the tempo to get easy transition buckets. That's basically how they got back in it in the fourth quarter, along with the missed free throws. So, uh, you know, when you win, the coach looks good. When you lose, the coach looks bad. So I'm going to say Billy looks pretty good. at. Yeah, definitely changing up the rotations and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, it really does. Like, I don't want to put it, bring it down to like that simple, as simple, like a few things here, but it really was just like Zach went ham. And the Raptors miss a shit ton of free throws. Like it is still insane that they went 18 of 36 from the free throw line. Uh, I really do. I haven't seen any quotes yet from the Raptors, but uh, I want to kind of. I need to probably look this up to see like what if they were asked about um, about the fucking whatever Dr. DeRozan's like screaming because like again this was like pretty good free throw shooters just bricking a ton of free throws. So it was just so funny. Like just one of the funniest outcomes ever because the Raptors were the better team for, again, for probably about three quarters to 80% of this game. Bulls come on strong late, but even the Bulls, like even like late run wouldn't have mattered if the Raptors just made a normal amount of free throws earlier in the game, because like the, the, the Raptors were missing free throws in that third quarter when they couldn't have got up 20 to 25 points. And, even the Bulls kind of making a little run there at the end probably would not have mattered if the Raptors just made normal amount of free throws. So like it is such a funny outcome of how, and just a, I don't know if I would say fitting for this season, like this Bulls season has just been so goofy and so weird uh, that maybe it is fitting that it is DeMar, especially DeMar being a, whatever old, a former Raptor, such a Raptors legend that it hit, that is his daughter fucking ruins their season and maybe changes the trend trajectory of this Raptors team like it'll be a very interesting offseason for them Van Vliet and Pirtle are both free agents uh we'll see what they do with some of these other guys that they have so uh just kind of really just a really hilarious outcome like whatever you think of the Bulls and like whatever you want them to do whatever direction you want them to go it's a very funny game very entertaining game for sure with how things played out here yeah it reminded me Ricky go ahead it reminded me of the Tibbs era when like it was sort of ugly but the game was fun, and it was fun to root for the team. Uh, and, yeah, it was just, like, entertaining, all-around entertaining. And yeah. the Bulls normally don't give us that. Anyone who listens to this podcast, I can safely say, has watched a shit ton of horrible Bulls games over the last six or seven <laughs> years. And I think we deserve a game like this. The fans. What about the fans? That's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? <laughs> So I think it was uh, it was sick that the Bulls actually came through on a big stage and gave the fans who watched a lot of dog shit basketball this year and the last seven years in particular uh, a meaningful win. It doesn't happen all the time, Jason. It doesn't happen every year. And they actually got a meaningful win. Does so. not. Does not. Kevin, do you have any final thoughts on this game, on the Heat game coming up here? What do you got? Um, I have two thoughts. Let's hear uh, we'll always we'll always have the Dr. DeRozan game. Um, <laughs> it's, we're, we're always going to have that. We'll, we will remember this game because it was so weird. <laughs> it's such a strange way to win a basketball game. 
Um, especially what given what Ricky said, or, or maybe it was you, Jason, that just said like that Demar is like Raptors royalty, and I think Dr. might have even been born in Toronto, maybe. Um, if they if the ages on that matchup correctly, I'm not totally sure, but um, she at the very least she spent a lot of her life in Toronto, uh, and so for her to to just, you know kind of be a huge part of ending their season, um, we'll always have that and. Um, the other thing is, is related to DR is um, is Pat Riley going to find a way to ban her from courtside? That is that is my my big thought about the game because she's uh, apparently our secret weapon. <laughs> and um, I, Demar Demar claimed that she's not going to be there, but she's got to go back to school. I believe I saw have that. It. Can't that have quote. it. She's got to be there. She's our our best yeah, defensive player. School. I know. School's overrated. Your dad's a millionaire. You don't need to go to school now. I'm just kidding. Move, move over, Alex Caruso. She's the new best defensive player on the Bulls. We need her. But, but I mean, if you could, if there was ever an excuse to take a sick day, like this is it. Plus, the Heat have no fans. That building is going to be like thirty-five percent full. Her screams are going to be echoing so loudly through that stadium. It's also a Friday. It's also a Friday. It's not even a school night. Like, what, what are we talking about? She's got that dog in her. Yeah, Don't say that much. I, th- I, th- I thought I saw that's what Demar said. But uh, that she will not be there. Hold on, let's let's try to find this quote here. I could have sworn I saw that. Uh, he's all okay, right. From Casey, DeRozan said his daughter begged him to come, but he will not. But will not be there Friday because she has to get back to school. Come on, get her out, pull her out for a day, and get her get her to Miami. Get her to whatever that fucking new stadium is called in Miami with all their bullshit down there. Uh, just absolute garbage team. Um, the Heat are as much as I love Jimmy. I love Jimmy Butler, but like that Heat team is such trash. The Bulls need to beat them, uh, even if it does mean giving up their their last chance at this top four pick. They're gonna whatever. Even if they do whatever lose, like like we've talked about, like oh, do they need to lose this game or whatever or whatever losing the play and like whatever. It would have been what eight percent chance to keep the pick. That's just a low chance, anyways. It's like you might as well win. Give us some extra playoff games to watch because playoff games can be fun, entertaining. Uh, even if the end result's going to be a loss to the Bucks, but whatever. Let's bring up our guy here, longtime uh, bloggable reader, Winky, Winky Christ. Hold on, let's go. Bring what do you what do you got here tonight? Hey boys, how you doing? What up, man? I'm all right. I didn't even know why I'm happy. Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys are. I was screaming the whole time, and I have to like pinch myself a few times. I'm like, why am I even excited? It's just it just happens. It's part of our blood. I don't know, but um, I just want to give a shout out to Pat Williams. I mean, you guys. I don't think you guys talked about him enough. That guy. That guy actually like was aggressive. He took two fewer shots than Vooch today. Not saying that you know Vooch took a lot of shots or anything, but Vooch took fourteen. I mean, Pat took twelve shots, and he was hella aggressive on defense. It's like I was. This is exactly what I wanted to see from him in a big game like this. Like, yeah, we could talk about how it was great to see. Zach finally looked like a superstar in the biggest of games, but we got to keep reminding ourselves that Pat's still only 21 2, and it was a huge game, and he actually showed up. It's like he shot lights out, but I think overall, this is an A game for Pat. So I was really excited about that. And on top of that, you guys are talking about Billy's coaching. I was about to like lose my mind when I first saw Io checking the game early. I was like, this isn't an Io game. He shouldn't even have gone on for five minutes. I thought it was going to be a DMP CD. Uh, but I'm glad he kind of uh, came to his senses and ended that trial real fast. 
But I was curious about, I don't know if you guys know the same thing, late in the game when it was close, they come out of a timeout. Is it just me or did he run a play for Caruso? I only say it was for Caruso because Zach turned down an open three late in the game, which he would never do, and he just kept looking for Caruso near the paint trying to post up. That threw me way off guard. I kind of thought that was a shitty uh, play design. Um, that was like the only thing I actually had negative to say about Billy. And I know Kev wants to shit on him all the time, and I get it. Right, rightfully so. He that, deserves all of it. That's right. But all, all in all, I think Billy actually coached a fine game. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that play at the end, would, it was, seemed like it was drawn for Cruz. So do you guys know the play I'm talking about? I'm trying to remember. I feel like that was – was that after the bad yeah, three-point well, yeah, miss? It was after like uh, that. You're talking about Zach's bad three-point miss, right? Yeah, it was after that. And so I, yeah. for a second I thought, yeah. all right, maybe Zach's just gun-shy after totally missing the earlier one. But he was wide open. Literally, there was a guy four feet within it, like within him. So I, I kept looking for Alex. I'm like, this makes no sense. You guys will rewatch it. Um, one last thing I want to say. If the Bulls win on Friday, we are no longer allowed to bring up the Jimmy trade. Is that a rule? Can we, can we agree on that? Come on. Come on. Come on. I will always yeah. bring it up. <laughs> I'm not agreeing to it. The Heat made the finals and almost made the I finals know, again. I'm, so I'm I don't talking about let's so. revisit things. Let's just take a step back. Lori's now an all-star. Levine beats him on Friday. Right now, I'm asking you guys, if that trade was proposed to you today, Jimmy for Lori and Zach, are you saying no? Right now. I mean, now, no. Yeah, let's just say, let's just say Garpax had the, you know, the wherewithal to know what was going to happen in five, six years. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Garpax hired the worst coach in the NBA to oversee the early <laughs> years of development for Lowry Markkinen. And, but, dude, your points on Pat, I think, are I, I just, spot I just, on. I get what you're saying, though. I mean, yeah, now Lowry and Zach for Jimmy, that seems like a fair return. But also, doesn't it make it hurt more that the Bulls couldn't get that out of Lowry? It's like when the Bears had uh, Leonard Floyd, and then he had a great season for the Rams the next year. It's like, okay, well, is that still a good pick? Like, not really, because they couldn't get it out of him. It's like a kick in the gut twice. Uh, but anyways, on your point about Pat Will... Yeah, even though he sh- he had like 10 points on 12 shots, you know, not a big scoring game. His defense was really great. He was playing high leverage minutes against big time players in this game. Had a couple great plays, a couple big dunks, couple threes. And like you said, 21 years old. Like uh in terms you know, in terms of uh, you know, the past thing that we complain about too much, I'm going to try to complain less about Patrick Williams being the fourth pick and like living up to whatever imaginary standard we have for a top five pick and instead just think, well, let's just see Pat get a little bit better every year. And I do think he got better this year. I think especially defensively, he got better. I, 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 I actually have a weird theory. Games. I just don't think we can expect our young guys to grow playing along Zach. And I love Zach, but that's just my feeling. I mean, I feel like once, you know, anytime Wendell left, Lori left, uh, I mean, who else do you want to say? Like, once they leave the Bulls, they don't have to worry about Zach and DeMar taking all the shots. Like, they're just, they have no pressure on them, and they're just able to just spread their wings and just fall to a T. Like, I just feel like they just needed to breathe on their own, and that's why I kind of feel like it's going to happen with Pat. Like, Pat doesn't have much room to breathe on this team either, and you send him to a team like the Pistons or the Rockets where they'll just let you do whatever you want. I bet you he could, he could probably have, like, a Mikel... Bridges type of resurgence that he had midseason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think a couple things there. One, 
it, I, I want to blame Zach less for that and more that the Bulls just never have had a really good point guard. Like, they just didn't have great people feeding Markin in the ball and Wendell Carter the ball. And uh, Zach is a classic shooting guard. In this era, you sort of just, like, you need your guards to do everything, to play like James Harden, sort of, and to have all the skills. Zach just doesn't really have that high-level decision-making facilitating, which we know. He's uh, he's more of like a classic two-guard, like I said. And then, secondly, there's just like not a lot of oxygen in the offense for someone like Patrick Williams when you got Zach, DeMar, and Vooch, who all are high-usage guys who take a shit ton of shots. So I totally agree with that point, that uh, you know it's hard for Pat to reach his offensive potential when he's taking eight shots a game or whatever it normally is, right? So... Uh, it was just good to see him contribute to winning. Though. That's kind of what I want to see out of Patrick Williams. Like, yeah, he could maybe go to the Pistons and average 18 points a game and the team would win 25 games. But who gives a shit? It's about contributing to winning. And I thought today he fucking contributed to winning by playing sick defense, by stretching the floor, hitting a couple threes. The Bulls made seven threes and Patrick Williams made two of them. So that's pretty important. And by, uh, you know, taking on some tough defensive assignments. So, yeah, I agree with all those points. And it was good to see Pat show out, get that experience, and hopefully it helps them going forward into next season. Well done, boys. I, I'm going to take off, but before I leave, I just want to say I love you, and I was doing the Lord's work earlier. Um, Stacy King jumped on as soon as Vooch hit a shot down low, and he jumped on Twitter and did his thing where he said it's an easy game, and I'm already here. I'm just pulling out my hair saying, dude, we can't make a three. Don't talk to me about how it's an easy game. <laughs> anyway, I just... I had to put him in his place. I said that is the <laughs> dumbest reasoning I ever heard in my life. Everyone knows the problem with the Bulls is they can't make a three. He quote tweeted me and said, oh, I always, I always get this response, but you guys don't know. If Vooch gets it going in the paint, it opens up everything for everybody. And that's when I just had to just lay it down on him. I told him. I showed him the stats. I gave him the NBA stats page and everything. I said, listen, you don't have to worry about Bulls getting open shots. Bulls. Our top 10 in the league and open three-pointers. Sadly enough, though, they're all bottom three in the league and open three-point percentage. And you know what? He didn't say a damn thing after that. Got him. So. Got him. <laughs> I mean, the boy, yeah. I mean, Vooch was just kind of like there today in this game. Like, he had a few play, whatever. He had a few baskets, like, going to drop and purtle down in the post. But, like, obviously the Bulls got back in the game offensively because they, Zach was attacking the basket and then they finally started hitting some threes in the fourth quarter. They were, and I think they were at one point, like two of 17 from three and they ended up like, I think seven of 26. So that's what five of nine. They started making some threes and Zach going to the basket. That's how they won the game. Uh, not fucking Vooch posts ups and posts of the net bullshit. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm hoping that I so. do the Lord's work and he'll never bring it up ever in a game again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pre- we appreciate it and I love you guys and be good and I'll see y'all on Friday yeah thank you so much for joining us here man take it easy alright um, I got really nothing else tonight do you guys have any final thoughts here before we uh, hang it, yeah, hang it up for the night my final thought is uh, DR DeRozan don't go to school on Friday come to the game in Miami the Bulls need you you're the only reason they won this game and, uh, I mean, honestly, your dad has made like $200 million in his life. You're never going to have to work a day in your life. You can skip a day at school. We need you. The Bulls only won this game because of a screaming little girl. And I hope she's even more annoying in Miami. Kevin, final thoughts. Uh, hard to top that. 
but yes, I, DR has to be there. Um, whoever whoever needs to get in Demar's ear to to make him change his mind about that. Uh, we need we need screeching DR uh, to to keep it up because Lord knows the Bulls need every edge they can get. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think that it would be perfectly appropriate for this most frustrating uh, Bulls team uh, of the last decade, probably, uh, to get in to to get into the playoffs uh, just so that they can get stomped out by the Bucks. Well, you know what? Why not? And also, this was kind of fun. I, I said it before. Like, I, I, by the end, I was rooting for the Bulls again and didn't want them to lose anymore. And uh, it, uh, this this game with DR screaming 36 times in a row, uh, I will probably never forget this because it was so weird. And, you know, you, you only get that by ha- actually getting to play in the games. Absolutely right. Yeah. Like, again, you can absolutely argue defensible to say that you were wishing for the Bulls to lose this game. Totally fine. Give them that chance to whatever, get uh, whatever, keep your pick, maybe get Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama. I get it. We've been kind of rooting for that all season. We've been kind of like, whatever, if the Bulls lose, like, who gives a shit? Like, we'll rig the lottery and they'll get that. They'll keep their pick. But uh, in the moment, it is always fun to root for the team. Not going to root against them, root for them to lose. Uh, when they're in the midst of these fun comebacks, like uh, it's like whatever. If they do lose, well, then it's fine. Whatever they keep pick. If they do win, gotta give them some credit. And now again, I'm gonna put. I'm going to say that I do think they're gonna get beat the Heat on Friday. Uh, just because I think the Heat are absolutely fucking garbage. So I think the Bulls will probably get into the playoffs and get their ass beat by the Bucks again. And I guess the only thing you have to consider is you just hope that it doesn't mean that they think like this team is that this like core is good and that they'd like buy into it. That would be like the one concern here. But for right now, not going to worry about that too much in the moment, in the postseason. You're going to enjoy some postseason basketball. And hopefully, uh, again, hopefully the Bulls give us a good game on Friday. Again, I do think, I think they're going to win. And then if they do beat Miami and we will talk, if they, after the Friday, we are planning on doing another podcast. I think on Saturday before the if they do beat Miami and they play in the Bucks series, uh, hopefully they at least be competitive. Again, there is no reason to expect the Bulls to win that series. No one one eight series just never rarely happens, and the Bucks are a, a Finals contender, Finals favorite for a reason. And we I mean, we saw for most of tonight that the Bulls are just not good enough to hang with a good team like the Bucks for the most part. But so like whatever. They do it good for them. It'd be good to see Zach continue to play well. Hopefully, he keeps playing well. And who knows? Maybe the Bucks, the Bulls, if they do win Friday, will put a scare into the Bucks, and we'll see what happens. You never know. Um, so, guys, thank you so much. This was a fun night. This was fun to talk about this game. Most of the game was terrible, but how it played out with Zach going off, with Demar's daughter playing a huge role in this shocking Bulls victory. It was fun to watch this. It was fun to talk to you guys about this thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody for commenting and this that's going to do it for us here on this episode of cash considerations a chicago bulls podcast as always part of the blue wire network with the playoffs coming up um but tons of great pods across the network again we i believe we will be doing another pod on saturday morning i'm going to be out friday night so i don't know even know how much i'm going to be able to watch that game live i will certainly be paying attention to the game uh i will watch it later um, but we'll see how it goes. Again, I'm confident in the Bulls winning, so we'll see how it goes. We will talk about it after it happens. Uh, again, I think on Saturday, me and Ricky, um, 
So that's going to do it for us on this episode. This podcast will be up later uh, on our feed. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, Kevin. Ricky, talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.